Would you stand up, please? Do we have lights for the house? Let's uh, say these uh, words of confession tonight and truly mean it from our heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the Lord that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. God has delivered us from the spirit of fear. And that's what we want to talk about tonight, again, dealing with fear. And the title of the message is, Refuse to Fear. You will be given so much opportunity in life to fear. Satan loves to do that because the greatest hindrance to your Christian work, the greatest hindrance to you receiving from God is fear. And so that's Satan's first tactic. He wants to come at you with fear. And he tells you, what I call the gospel according to Satan. Hello. He tells you all these strange things that are going to happen because you have some circumstance that's come into your life. Is God aware that that circumstance was going to come into your life? God knew that that was coming into your life, but it's not designed to bring you down. He's supposed to be there so you can step higher. Amen. That's what it's supposed to be. Now listen to the word of God. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. He says, and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood. You are the children of God. You have partaken of flesh and blood. He himself, God himself, Jesus himself, likewise shared in the same. He did it because of us. God took flesh and blood because of us, for a reason, because of us. He's still the same way today. He took the same that's through death, because until he becomes a man, he cannot die. That through death, he might destroy him. Not destroy death, but destroy him who has the power of death. So Satan is being destroyed. Not going to be destroyed. Satan has been destroyed. There is no need for us to be afraid of a being that's been destroyed. According to the scriptures, Satan is destroyed. There is no need to fear Satan. He's destroyed. I know we don't understand because for us, if you're destroyed, you are no more, right? You can't do anything. But we're talking spiritually. He has been destroyed, paralyzed. If you use the word, he cannot really do a thing in your life unless you give him permission. You allow him in. Only then he is able to work in your life. He has been destroyed. So to destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. Very specific here. It is the devil. And not only to destroy Satan, but to release you. And release those who through fear, through what? Through fear of death. The power of death, the one who has power of death is destroyed. But we didn't pay too much attention to the power of death. 
uh, that's what we were after. And through that, we were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Through fear, subject to bondage. Through fear, subject to bondage. Every time you fear, you have just subjected yourself to bondage. Regardless of what Satan comes to you with. And he tells you what's going to happen. And he gives you all this great picture. Not great picture. Terrible picture of what you think is going to happen. And all is in your mind. And he's whispering to you just like he did with Eve at the garden. He knows what God has said. And for some of us, we don't even remember what God has said when we're dealing with this. All we see is the problem. And he ministers through the problem to us until you really fear. And once you fear, just like Job, the things that you feared over time is going to come to pass. So we have been released from the fear of sickness and disease. That's what I mentioned now. We don't have to die sick. We don't have to be sickly. That's gone. I know we are in different circumstances in our life. That's not, that's not only the problem we deal with. There are other issues that come into our lives. Your marriage, your finances, all of this. And Satan wants to make you fret. Circumstances with your children also. He wants to make you fret. A thing happens and he has all these things going on in your head that's going to happen. How this is going to work out. He doesn't have the last say. God has the last say. And the word of God has the last say. So we trust in what God says and not what Satan is whispering to us. We trust just what God says. Every time you fear, you release yourself to bondage. Every time. Every time you fear. I saw a scripture in Isaiah chapter 54. It tells us this, beginning verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. Who is going to establish you? God. You will be, not maybe, you will be established in righteousness. That's a promise. And God will fulfill his word. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that should repent. When God says it, he'll do it. All he needs you to do is Pay attention to what he's saying. And believe it. In righteousness you will be established. I, oh, I think of uh, Matthew chapter 7. Like you are being built on a rock. Amen. You are being built on a rock. You're finding you're, the foundation is on the rock. The wind will come. The waves will come. But you're still standing. Nothing can happen to you. In righteousness you will be established. You shall be far from fear. For, I mean you shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. You will be far from oppression. Why? Because you will not fear. So fear is tied to bondage. Through their lives, they were afraid of the spirit of death. And so they were subject to bondage all their lives. And so here he says, you will be established in righteousness. 
In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. Why? Because you will not fear. Far from oppression. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, no oppression. Because once you fear, you have given in to oppression. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. The anointing breaks the yoke and frees you from uh, oppression. Psalm 34 talks about, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. God will deliver you from every fear in your life tonight in the name of Jesus. It's a miracle. God, but God is up to it and he's going to do that tonight. If you believe me, believe with me tonight. When we're through, you come in here and give that fear to God. And don't, when you turn around, leave it here at the altar. Whatever Satan has been whispering to you that's going to happen to you, it will not happen. Tonight is going to be canceled because the Bible says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that's risen against you in judgment, you shall condemn. It is, is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. And it's not by your righteousness. The righteousness you have is of the Lord himself. So you are well established. You can expect it because it's not your righteousness. It's God's righteousness. And God has spoken. The battle belongs to the Lord because something is fighting his promise in your life. And God fights it to make his word true. Because his word will never return to him void. Amen. So fear is the thing. Now let me say this. When you were born again, your new spirit has nothing like fear in it. Your born again spirit is free from fear. Totally free from fear. That's with the song tonight. You know, I'm no longer a slave to fear. And if you read in Romans, I believe Romans chapter 6, we are no longer slaves to sin. Amen. Sin brought fear to Adam. God's brought, given us his righteousness. And because we have God's righteousness, we can have no fear. Fear is not a part of the born again experience. You know, the scripture says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? Old things are gone. They're gone. Those old fears, Bill, they're gone. That's part of the old. The new has come. And so the Bible tells us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is this about the new creation? Now let me show you. In Ezekiel chapter 36, beginning from verse 26, God says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit. Is that, is that capitalized? Is that capitalized? 
He says, Spirit, that's the new you. That's the born again spirit in you. The born again individual, the new creation. That's the new man, so to speak, according to the scriptures. That's the new man. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the new you. The new man. The saved man. The born again man. That's it. God says it in his word here. I will give you, notice, I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. So God's done that. If you are born again, you have a new spirit, a new you, a new heart. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Then notice in verse 27. I will put what spirit? My spirit. Is that capitalized? So we've got two experiences here. Two things going on here. First, he gives you a new you. Because you can't put new wine in an old bottle. You know the scriptures. You can't put new wine in an old bottle. God, new wine is put in a new bottle. So the, the wine is the spirit of God. The new you is the born again you. The new creation. So you receive the new spirit of God into your new being. And that energizes you and empowers you, fills your life with passion for Christ. That's the new you. So there is that spirit, the new you. And let, I'd like to separate that so you understand what we're talking about. Now, when you go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Spirit capitalized. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. What kind of, is that capitalized? No. The new you, the new creation has no fear in it. The new creation has no fear in it. God did not give you, or we did not receive, the spirit of, guess what it says? Bondage again to fear. So fear is the spirit of bondage. And the new you didn't have that when you were born again. So when you fear, you have moved from your realm into a different realm. And naturally, there is a reason to be afraid. Something is happening that is tempting you to be afraid. There is a reason, and for, you, for us, it makes sense to be afraid. And I'm not talking about, you see uh, a team wheeler bearing at you, and you say, well, I'm not afraid, I'm going to cross the road. You will be flattened. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? You can be yelling, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. Get out of the road. You will be flattened. But your born again spirit doesn't have it. And every time you accept it, so this is the, where the battle is. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent ones take it by force. And this is first line, resist the fear. Resist the devil. 
He'll flee from you. He comes to us, tempting us to receive fear. Fret not yourself. The Bible says, I believe it's Psalm 37. Don't fret when these things come. Jesus says, take no thought. Because through that, you open the door for the enemy. And once you have accepted his fear, you've given him free reign over your life. Now he's free to do whatever he wants to do. You're going down because you're afraid. So that's why David said, I cried out to the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Not the trouble, but your fears. Because your fears will bring the, the things that you are afraid of. If you are afraid of something, just a little fear inside of you. And you're working very hard to make sure that doesn't come to pass. You've given it to it. That's what Job did. He worked at it. Job says, the Lord gave it. Gives, the Lord is taken away. Then later, he realized that's not the case. He corrected himself. The things that I feared the most have come upon me. So when you're working very hard... Not with God, but manipulating, trying to get away from it. You are on your own. You're looking to yourself. God's no longer there. You're trying to get away from the fear. You're working at it, just like Job did. If you have that, somehow, some way, you're going to get there. That's what Job says. Every time Jesus heals, as soon as, remember the, the Jairus, they were going to the house, and, and, and the, war, the woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus, and Jesus stopped. I can imagine what was going on. If I were Jairus, I would be saying, we were making progress. Where did, how did this happen now? I was glad just praying, my child should be alive when we get there, because I know. When he touches that child, the child. But his faith was not beyond that. He wasn't thinking about Jesus raising the child from the dead. Maybe at that time, there was no word like that. That Jesus has raised somebody from the dead. Nothing like that. So he knew, I knew Jesus, he can heal. But to raise from the dead, and he says, come Jesus, before my child dies. Remember that? And now, on the way... There comes trouble. That's the way he saw it. Trouble. This woman touching. And in my mind, I'll be saying, Why, who, who among you did this? Please, would you just own up to it? So we can make progress? You can tell the anxiety and the fear. Okay? My child's going to die because of some silly person that touched his clothes. Right? That's, I don't know how you react, but that's the way I will react. I'll take you out, whoever did this. <laughs> really upset. And then when that was through, he looked up and saw faces that he recognized. And he knew. And the first, Jesus knew what was going on. Jesus knew he had seen somebody. And they told him, right in Jesus' presence. Don't trouble him anymore. It's over. I'm sure they fear. And Jesus turned to him. Don't be afraid, he said. First word. Don't be afraid. 
All you need is believing. And apparently, I'm sure he looked at Jesus' face and thought, Wow, there's hope here. And he took courage. No fear. He got his miracle. Fear is the first line of attack from the enemy. The news comes. Or whatever it is. The experience, whatever it is, comes. And then the next thing that happens as soon as it is delivered to you, or as soon as you see it, the next thing we have all, we've all been there. The next thing is the fear. And, and in the fear, you don't even remember God. But you need to pull yourself back. And strengthen yourself just like David did. Asking the Lord about what he should do. Was he afraid they were all crying? You know the scripture, it was very painful. But he said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Notice, after he encouraged himself in the Lord, that's when he heard God's voice. In that fear, most likely he will not hear. God cannot speak to him when he is still afraid. It's so important. We didn't receive the spirit of fear. For God has not given us the spirit. Is that capitalized? Second Timothy 1 7. God has not given us the spirit. See, he's talking again about our born again spirit. I will give you a new spirit. So that new spirit doesn't have anything like fear in it. And why didn't God say something else but fear? Fear is a spirit. And that spirit, just like the born again spirit that transforms your life, will be effective in your life if you let it be. So we have to try to overcome that fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Notice the first word. Power. Love. And a sound mind. Those, those three things will do away with fear. Power, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Let me say this. David and the children of Israel, they were at war, right? Children of Israel. David was a boy. The whole of the people of Israel were going to become slaves to the Philistines. The major problem was fear. There was nobody in the camp that was not afraid of Goliath, including Saul the king. And the way they saw themselves is all over for us. He's going to kill all of us and we are going to be just slaves. Fear will curse your life to be enslaved. There was only one person that was not afraid of this Goliath. One person. Everybody else was afraid. Just one person alone was not afraid. And he was, God used him to bring deliverance to them. Do you know why? Because David didn't have the spirit of fear. 
He was the only one that had the anointing upon his life at that time. Saul didn't have the anointing on him anymore. The rest of the children of Israel, they didn't have any anointing on them. The anointing came on kings, priests, and prophets. There was no prophet around. No priest around. The only one that carried the anointing in the whole crowd was David. The anointing is what gives you a new spirit. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. And that's what we have. We have, like it says in Ezekiel 36, God gave us a new spirit. But not only that, he said, I will put my spirit within you to work with your born again spirit. And so David was not afraid. How many Goliaths have come against your life? Are you afraid? If you fear, you'll become a slave. And believe me, the Goliath is real. He's standing right in front of you. It's real. The problem is real. He's looking you in the face. But if you fear, it's all over. He takes over. It's just the way it works. Satan takes over once there is fear. And because you start speaking your fear. You start speaking your fear. You think you're doing well or looking for sympathy, but for somebody to agree with you why you should be afraid. And guess what? The more you say it, the more fear grips your life. And the more discouraged you feel, the more hopeless you become. And in hopelessness, God cannot work. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when hopelessness is reigning, the faith cannot work anymore. It's all over. And it all started with fear. Fear. It's a key principle. And I used to read the scriptures and every time Jesus would say, don't be afraid. Fear not. It is I. You know, don't be afraid. It's all they saw good. No, don't fear. It's Jesus coming. Okay. It seems like when he speaks the word, the fear goes. Amen. Peter wasn't afraid anymore. He wasn't a ghost. They never seen Jesus walk on water, but just his voice that took the fear away. And then all of a sudden, he wants to walk on water as well. Bid me to come. No fear. And you know what happened when he feared, right? Fear opens the door for the enemy. Those three things. Power, love, and a sound mind. Do you know how your mind can be sound? When the scripture is living in you. He who abides in me, and my words abide in him. So, when the scripture is there, there is no fear. Because you have a sound mind. You can reason through scriptures. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit pulls out a scripture. And says, yes, you're still feeling that fear. But that's feeling. We walk by faith and not by feelings. 
So you recognize the feeling is still there. Satan is messing with your mind. If you have faith in your heart, I said that on Sunday, it's in your heart. Forget what's happening in your mind. And you remember those scriptures. And you say them loud, out loud. And all of a sudden, slowly but surely, the fear begins to dissipate. Once you are there, the deliverance has come. The deliverance has come. Fear. Love. You know what? Perfect love. What? Exactly. It's all in our spirit. When we were born again, it's all in our spirit. It's right there. These are the resources that God has given to us. When he gave us the born again spirit, it's there. The spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. They deliver us from fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And he says, we have not received the spirit of bondage again. We received the spirit of bondage when we were born through Adam. But we didn't receive that again when we were born again. That's what he was saying. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, 17. For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. So when I'm afraid, I've gone into bondage. I've gone into captivity. Daniel wasn't afraid of the lions. If he was afraid, he wouldn't even get in there before he would be torn to pieces. But come. Because he knew with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not afraid of the fire. If they were afraid, they would have pleaded with uh, Nebuchadnezzar, please, king, reconsider. We're Jews. and try to explain to the king, he will refuse. He's not going to understand what they're talking about. Bow. But they were not afraid. If you fear, you burn. The Bible talks about love. We have been given that spirit of love from God. It says in First John, the answer to fear. Uh, it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. That's what God says to us. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That's a very frightening thing to say. So when, when I'm afraid, the question is no longer fear. Is my love for God? That is that question right now. Does it make sense to you? When I'm afraid, no wonder David, now it makes sense to me. That David says he delivered me from all my fears. Were they real fears? Yeah. Sometimes when you read through the, uh, the book of Exodus. And you think about what the children of Israel had to go through. And how God gets upset with them for complaining. If you look at it in the natural. If you were there you joined them too. Most of us will. <laughs> and you feel right. I mean, you are in the desert and there is no water. And you're thirsty. 
and Moses is saying nothing. Right? You, what is this? We used to have water when we were in Egypt. They had a reason to, but God didn't expect them to. See? He didn't expect them to be afraid. And when they complained, he wasn't happy with it. Many of us have experienced the miracle of salvation. There is no greater miracle than that. And so God doesn't expect you to fear. That was a great thing that happened to us when we got born again. Perfect love casts out all fear. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And, and, and you see, in other words, these things have been given to us. Like I said, they are resources. God has given them to us. We have them. We're not going to have them. We don't have to make ourselves have them. We already have them. Because he gave that to us. God is giving us this love. We have it in us. And so we can have that perfect love if we give ourselves to it. And then we don't have to be afraid. We love him because he first loved us. Now, Romans chapter 5 verse 5 tells us this. Now, hope does not disappoint. Can you say that with me? We talked about hope. Hope does not disappoint. So, when no matter what you're going through, don't fear. Just hope. That somehow, some way, God will come through. Your mind says, How? That's not your business. That's not your business. You are not God. Don't try to figure it out. His ways are higher than our ways. Just maintain your hope. Hope, according to the scriptures, does not disappoint. And this is God speaking. So no matter what I'm going through, I still have some hope. And Satan wants you to give up hope so that everything is destroyed. You're praying for something, it's not happening. He wants you to give it up. And sometimes stop going to church. And sometimes stop praying altogether. Because it's not working, he says. Here we'll show you also those for which he's working. If he's working for them, you must be doing something that's not right. So give up. It's not going to work. That's the time to stay with God's word. That's the time to show Satan. But this is what God said. You want to listen, Satan? You want to read? Can you read? Let me read this to you. This is God said this. Are you telling me he lied? Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been what? It going to be poured out? No, the the love of God has been poured out. Amen. Say with me, I have the love of God. I have the love of God. I cannot entertain fear. I'm free from fear. Amen. All right. We'll go through this quickly so we can come out here and let go of our fear. Amen. How many willing to let go? Yes, you're going to let go of that fear tonight. And God would fulfill his word in us. You know, I saw scripture here. Jesus in uh, uh, John chapter 17 was talking about, and this whole part, I know you heard this, some of us have read this well, 
But when I read this at first, it's kind of, wow, this is interesting. This is important here. Because Jesus was praying to his father. And then he said in verse 25, Oh, righteous father. That's probably the only time Jesus referred to his father that way. Righteous father. Mr. Mrs. the father, my father. But this time in prayer, he says, God is righteous. Oh, righteous father, the world has not known you. But I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. So the key thing, you know who Jesus is. You know who Jesus is. You have already accepted him. I don't care what's happened in your past. This is the truth. But I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it. He's still doing it. The name is who God is. Revealing who God is to us. That he declares his name to us. That the love with which you love me may be in them. Who, where was the love residing before? In God. And the love for who? For Jesus. And Jesus is praying to his father. How many believe that Jesus' prayer is always answered? Put your hand up if you believe that God will always. So if God answered that prayer, the love with which Jesus loved his father is in you. Can you really believe that? That's what it is. you have to love. And this is the perfect love that casts out all fear. It's the perfect love that casts us off fear. So that's the title of the message. Refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. Don't sign that package for that package. It's being delivered to you. You tell the enemy you got the wrong name. Take your package. It's not for me. Maybe it's the next door. You are in the wrong place. Don't sign for the package. Hey, my notes. What are my notes? Okay. <laughs> so you have that love inside of you. God has placed that inside of you. Unbelief is the reason why we are afraid. We just cannot take God's word. And many who, um, go to this one scripture and then close because we really need to pray. We really need to pray. We need to learn to trust what God says, you and I. And maybe we need to go through it over and over again till it becomes part of us. And the Holy Spirit can pull from it and help us in times of trouble. And pray through us according to Romans chapter 8 verse 26 and 27. Pray through us to God. He says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, my son, <laughs> he says, give attention. I would say, pay attention. Okay? That's the way we say it, yeah? Yeah. To my words. Consider what is being spoken to you. Right? That's what he's saying. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. 
So whatever he's saying, pay attention. Pay attention to what he's saying. If somebody is saying something that is very important to you, you listen. And you don't forget. That's all God is asking. My son, my daughter, pay attention. Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So you go back. The way, take those scriptures, whatever it is. Whatever the, the concern is. And that's a very spiritual word. Or the fear is. <laughs> okay? You find your scriptures. And you put that right before your eyes constantly. And the enemy is still playing games with your head. And telling you things that will not happen. But always keep the word. That's what it says. Keep the word before your eyes constantly. Don't let it go. You stay with the word. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For or because they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God will bring health so you don't have nothing to be afraid of. Amen? So refuse to fear. Stand up with me tonight. There are things that come into our lives that make us fear. Please don't trust in people. Man cannot help you. You got to trust in God. That's the key thing. If you put your faith in man, they will disappoint you every time. Just stay with God and God alone. So whatever the issue is today, I want you to put it before God I know you may have prayed, but we're doing this this together tonight before our Father who is here. Whatever the issue is, whenever your mind is directed towards it, you are a little concerned, afraid, and you're wondering what's going to happen, I want you to leave that here tonight. Amen? And God's going to take care of it. Listen, as long as Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand, he's here tonight. Today, let go of that thing and give it to God and refuse to be afraid. You still will be tempted, but don't take it anymore. Don't sign for it. Now, if you are with me, please come up here. Come up, whatever it is. Come up here with me. We're going to make our declaration before God tonight that we refuse to fear. No matter how often the enemy puts these things before us, you believe it's all by faith. You and I, it's all by faith tonight. And you trust God and let him do the miracle. Don't try to figure out how he's going to do it. That's not your business. That's not my business. I have things that I'm dealing with too. I have to go to God. But I'm trusting God. And we refuse to be afraid of that. When the time comes, God will bring his deliverance for me. Amen? So why don't you tell the Lord, lift your hands up to God. And tell God, basically, have that thing in your heart. But keep saying to God, I'm no longer afraid. I don't have any fear about this thing anymore. I let go of the fear today. All the imaginations are gone from me. Those fearful imaginations I no longer receive. I no longer welcome. I disengage myself from them. They will never happen because I have no fear of it. I have no fear of it. I have God on my side. I have God on my side. I believe that God, you God, can take care of me. I'm free from fear. 
I free myself from this fear. I will no longer consider it in fear. I will only consider your word. Because your word will not return to you void. You are God. Tonight, O Lord our God. As your children, we believe in your word. You said in your word in righteousness, we will be established. You said we will be far from oppression because we will not fear. Tonight we stand in line with your word and we refuse to be afraid. In Jesus' name, we refuse to be afraid. We let go of our fears. We let go of our anxieties. We lay them down before you here, Lord Jesus, at the altar, and we're not taking them back. We believe, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we believe that you have delivered us and that you are able to deliver us. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have heard us today. We give you praise. We give you praise. Sometimes we do things that it seems foolish, but that's what God works with. I have the Bible says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, we will be saved. So tonight, why don't you say it with your mouth? I am free from this fear. Everybody is different. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm free from this fear. God, we thank you. Truly, we are free. Because you are the God who makes a a way through the wilderness for your children. Even through the sea, you create a path for our feet. And Lord, there is nothing that's impossible with you. And with all our hearts and by the power of the Holy Spirit and the assistance and help of the Holy Spirit, we trust in your word tonight and declare that we are free from whatever it is that is disturbing our heart because you came so that we might have the peace of heaven in our hearts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now what you need to do, turn around. Don't have to tell them what you're dealing with. Tell somebody... I'm no longer afraid, okay?